Mid-America's most trusted source for news. KMOX. At 503, we have clear skies, 44 degrees downtown at the Arch. I'm Maria Aquina, in for Michael Calhoun. Our top story this hour, the man appointed to correct problems at the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office now wants the job permanently. Gabe Gore tells KMOX he did not make the decision until this month. It's kind of been a whirlwind month, me out talking to people who are knowledgeable about this process, which I I am not. Obviously, I'm a novice. Um, And trying to get an under, gain an understanding of what it would be like to be a political candidate. Um, it's not something I ever wanted to do or thought I would do. Gore wanted to know if b- being a political candidate is in some way would change him, so that's what he had to think about. And that's really been the process. And um, after considering it, looking at um, the great work we've done in the past six months, looking at the great team that I have assembled, looking at the number of people who are, have placed their faith in me and joined the office and helped us make the progress we've made, looking at all those things, um, like a lot of difficult decisions, in the final of analysis, it became an easy decision. New Omicron variants are showing up in new COVID-19 cases in St. Louis County. The rolling seven-day average has now climbed to 166 new cases per day, reflecting a 45.1% increase over the past week. Dr. James Heinrichs is the acting director of the St. Louis County Health Department. The good news is that, in you know, with, with really no exceptions, they appear to be um, affected by the the newest COVID vaccine. So that's really what we're trying to say is that people that have not had the most recent vaccine should think about getting it, particularly before the holidays. As to how dangerous these new variants appear to be? And they don't seem to be um, equating to uh, higher hospitalization rates. Fred Bottomer, KMOX News. The St. Louis County Council finds more places to cut the county budget. At last night's county council meeting, the seven-member panel showed its hand a counterproposal to County Executive Sam Page's 2023 budget request that slashes it by $14 million. It would cut funds from a number of offices, including the prosecuting attorney, county executive, county counselor, public works, and administration. It would take $718,000 from county police and use it to fund the shot spotter technology that Page wanted to scrap. Council Chair Shalonda Webb says this counterproposal allows for raises, eliminates the need for a tax increase and offsets a structural deficit. The county council won't take a final vote on a full budget until next week's meeting. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. In a statement to KMOX, a spokesperson for Dr. Page said they are, quote, reviewing the proposed changes to understand the impact on county government. Well, Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District has named a new executive director. Brett Berthold has been promoted to the position from his previous role of director of operations. Berthold says it's the largest MSD department. The services, uh, all of the treatment plants, pump stations, as well as uh, it's all the crews that you see out on the streets inspecting and repairing and cleaning our sewer system. Berthold is a St. Louis native. A press release from MSD says they conducted a nationwide search before naming him executive director. Sean Malone, KMOX News. KMOX behind the scenes while cameras roll for a movie being made right here in St. Louis. Can we lose that microphone in the This is Stuart McMillan. I spoke with John O'Leary on the set of the movie On Fire, which tells his story. He was severely burned at age nine and befriended by Cardinals broadcaster Jack Buck. 
The movie retells the moment John was invited into the press box with Jack during a game. Here we are at Bush Stadium 2, 1987. They've rolled back the clock. You've seen Jack Buck, you saw Mike Shannon, and then you see my father rolling a little John. And you, you're next to me and you're moved. So you can imagine the kid who was in that wheelchair next to Jack Buck, between he and Mike Shannon, to see the press box look identical to the way it was again, it's incredible. The scenes are being filmed on SLU Hospital property and crews converted unused office space into movie sets. Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. And the news is sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Bud tenders and other members of Missouri's booming marijuana business are the latest workers looking to unionize. Sean Shannon with the United Food and Commercial Workers International Union, Local 655, spoke about their efforts this morning on KMOX with Tom Ackerman and Megan Lynch. I guess the simplest way to put it is these workers are uh, helping produce what is becoming has become already a billion-dollar industry, and they're making less than fast food workers. Well, that would put it uh, bluntly. I, I, what does it take to unionize? Uh, let's let's go through the steps there. So, uh, when it comes to unionization, it's completely the worker's choice, despite what some managers might be trying to tell them. Uh, what they need to do is they need to come together and talk about it first. And once they've talked about you know the idea of forming a union, that's when they have to reach out to myself or another union organizer. And what's going to happen is we will make sure everybody is prepared for what is to come because they're going to start signing what's called an authorization card. They're going to build up a nice super majority and they're going to request recognition from their un- from their uh, employers. And as I tell everybody, your employers are always going to tell you no. They always choose to ignore the fact that a majority of workers have already signed authorization cards and would like a union. So we go through an election process done through the NLRB where uh, uh, A simple majority of workers voting yes on a union representation vote will get that representation. Once they have that, we can start bargaining a contract. And as soon as we have our first contract and the workers have voted yes and approved the contract, we have our we have ourselves official union workers in cannabis. So how many stores in Missouri at this point have enough support to unionize? So right now, uh, Local 655 in particular it represents uh, Shangri-La in Colombia, and we are getting ready to represent high-profile dispensary out in Colombia. They have an election coming up December 15th, and we'll be able to start contract negotiations pretty quickly after that election. Also, January 8th is looking like we might have another election for High Point Cannabis in St. Louis. So... Uh, we're waiting for an election date on the bee leaf workers. They're in a manufacturing facility. There's a lot of cannabis workers coming up. Uh, we've got workers from over 20 stores reaching out, trying to figure out what they need to do to get unions in their uh, workplaces. And we're just working with those workers to get them where they need to be. Why else is this happening? I mean, obviously you mentioned the basics. They're not getting paid enough. But in the beginning, was it just exciting, do you think, to be part of this industry and to be involved in the cannabis industry. And now they're thinking, well, wait a minute, if I'm going to be in this for a while, this is my next step. Yeah. You know, people were really excited just at the opportunity that instead of cannabis leading to jail time and a hard life, you could actually get a job, make money and actually help people. A lot of these people got into it to help people with different medical conditions. But the fact of the matter is the companies that have cannabis licenses right now, 
never got into the Missouri cannabis for medical marijuana. They got into it specifically to have a recreational market to make money from. And these workers, as excited as they are to work with cannabis, after six months to a year when you realize that you're not getting raises, people are going in and out of the store, the turnover is ridiculous, management is uh, turning over extremely rapidly. You know, you start to realize that like, hmm, this really nice job, this exciting thing I never thought would be obtainable might slip out of my grasp without my even having some power to control it. Now, Sean, as you know, one of the arguments that is often given against joining a union is the amount of union dues compared to salary that sometimes that actually creates a burden on workers. So what kind of information have you given um, these workers about that and the, the dues they might face with the UCFW? Yeah, so dues is something I never shy away from. In fact, every time I talk to a worker, it's one of the first things I'm going to bring up because I know people always talk about it. Dues are something that I want, I always make sure workers understand that until you actually have a union contract, you do not pay union dues. So take, for instance, the Shangri-La workers, they're represented by UFCW 655 right now, but they're not paying any union dues to be represented. Not until they have a contract that's been validated and approved are they going to actually have to pay dues. And as far as what dues cost, on average for local 655, we see anywhere between like nine to eleven dollars a week and typically when i talk to cannabis workers about that it seems pretty affordable but i also tell people there's not a specific number i can't guarantee the number until we actually know what the final wage and benefit uh looks like at the end of your contract negotiation because we don't we want to make sure that the workers when they're paying those dues that that concern of overpaying and not getting your worth we like to address that right away. It's a, it's a simple question of, is this contract worth this amount of money a week? And they get to choose. That's Sean Shannon, organizer with UFCW Local 655.